Trent Leishan is the founder and CEO of Australia's number one sales training company, Boom Sales. Sales expert and fast growth specialist and author of two business titles, Outlaw and The Naked Salesman. Not For The Average podcast exposes the secrets to extraordinary performance in sales, entrepreneurship and business growth. Warning, this show is not for the average. Welcome for the Not For The Average podcast. I'm your host, Trent Leishan. Today, we are very fortunate to be joined by Jake Bridges from Leading Teams. And today we're going to explore how to create a high performance team. Welcome, Jake. Thanks, Trent. Lovely to be here, mate. Great to see you, mate. You're looking fit. Oh, I'm trying my best. I'm running around with two little kids and uh, my wife and Kylie keeps kept me. We're all pretty healthy and, um, yeah, so now enjoying life at the moment. So Awesome, good. awesome. You're putting me to shame. You've got the guns out here. No, so well, it's, it's a bit cold in Ballarat. So but post, it was, yeah. I'll post that on uh, Instagram. Oh. Get the guns out. Get the guns out. Well, hey, Jake, um, thanks for joining us today. Yep. And um, I certainly know a lot about leading teams, but some of our listeners and our, our viewers... Um, May not. Yeah. So we're talking today about how to create a high performance team. Um, And we can flex across from business to high performance sports. I think there's a really strong link there. Yep. What is leading teams? Uh, so Leading Teams basically the, it was founded 25 odd years ago uh, by three three particular um, men who joined the three businesses together. Um, two, two of the uh, founding directors are still in the business, so Ray McLean and Craig Grime. They're still heavily involved in the business, um, and they wanted to help teams to improve their performance, basically. So um, uh, Ray does talk about a story of a, he was working by himself trying to help teams improve, and there was a particular lady on a flight back from Adelaide that asked him, how many people are in your team, Ray? And uh, it really got him thinking, well, hang on, I'm advocating teamwork and how to work better together and uh, I don't have a team myself so Mm. the team at Leading Teams was actually born to um, espouse what we would what we want our clients to, to, to live through, to work through. So everything that we do with clients around high performance we we do as a team. So Gotta walk the talk. That's exactly what it's about, yeah. Walking the talk. Mm. I saw Ray on Open Mic recently. Yeah, yeah. It was a really lovely interview with Mike Sheen, and uh, there was a lot of um, lot of history, a lot of stories, um, a lot of uh, the early work that the model was used, sort of um, Ray coming out of the military, um, um, meeting Craig there, and created a really strong bond together and obviously went into business together. And a lot of people say that, you know, you should never go into business with your best mate, but those two have uh, bucked the trend and... Um, um, I mean, they're still as strong as ever, and um, we all admire, or everyone at Leading Teams admires what they've done um, in business. Um, so, yeah. Good on them. Good on them. And it's not easy as well. Um, yeah, it's a very much a uh, almost a marriage, a business partnership. So yeah. lots of compromises, lots of learning. So mm. those people are willing to compromise, I find. There is a, they only end in frustration. That's right. That's probably a topic for another conversation, I think. That's um, right. We could do that again. Yeah, so that's fine. Okay. Leading Teams. What is it that you actually do? And so, two questions. Yep. Uh, what and who do you work with? What? Who are some of the clients that you work with? So we essentially work with teams and individuals to improve their performance. Um, we do that through uh, aligning the team. So part of being in a high-performing team, we espouse that you've got to have high-performing leaders. Um, we will work around establishing a common purpose um, and then... 
work quite rigorously around um, an establishment of the dynamics in a team and that's, that comes in lots of different forms but quite um, simply it's around the relationships and how strong they are in the team. Um, the values or the behaviours that a team will accept or what they won't and the types of conversations that the team are having and how open the dialogue is within the team, that will generally give us a a fair assumption of um, how the team is performing and um, what they're trying to do. Common purpose, shared purpose, Mm -hmm. that links to values in your... Uh, No, different. So a common purpose, why does the team exist? And if the team didn't exist, would the organisation or would uh, the world be any worse off? So when you start to think about it from that from a perspective, you might have a sales team. What's the sales team? What are they? What? Why does the does the team exist? You've got a construction revenue, team. Jake, revenue, business, that's not, money, yeah, business, money, all that sort of thing. Can be one reason. That can be definitely one reason. Um, that is the outcome. So it's almost like the process. What are we going to do to be able to get the outcome? That becomes transactional. There's got to be more to it, doesn't there? There is. There's got to be more to it. Mm. The clients that you work with, give me some, a bit of an example. Uh, so, uh, look, between sort of 80 and 90% of our work is in corporate now. Um, we have multiple facilitators in, in each state. Um, and, yeah, we did a business analysis only recently. And, yeah, between sort of 80 and 90% of, of the work that we do is in, in corporate um, some government and some elite sport. So that probably gives us you a bit of a... a a, um, a cross section of the work, so it's um, education as well is something that we we do a fair bit of work in, um, uh, and yeah, but most of it's in corporate. Well, common purpose. Let's link it back a little bit. Mm. The quality of the relationships and the values, mm. and the why, the why for existing. Mm. That sounds like it starts to link into culture, doesn't it? So, what in your definition, something we at Boom Sales? Yep help companies drive or change culture for certain reasons. Mm. Uh, they may be transactional, as that example we gave earlier. They may be um, complacent. They may be underperforming. They mm. may not have a leader. Mm. Or they may have not have somebody equipped to lead the team mm. because of some of those things, the quality of the relationships, their values and their purpose are not aligned. But in your view, what is culture? Because it it's a buzzword. People talk about it a lot. Mm. What is it? It's basically in, in what we would uh, we would look at and we would do it really simply whenever we start with a new team. What are the behaviours that you accept or you don't? Um, and the behaviours being that we accept that we know are counterproductive. They're not actually helping us. Um but we haven't talked about it. Could you give an example of that? Uh, being disrespectful, uh, not listening. Piss off, Joe. Uh, all those types of things. There's there's a couple of really off the shelf ones. Okay. Uh, there's thousands of them. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, counterproductive, counterproductive behaviour. Counterproductive behaviour that's not aligned to values or just not socially acceptable um, um, so not so when we talk about socially acceptable it's different so when we're talking about a professional in a professional context what are the behaviors that are not helping us perform at our optimum level so if you're linking everything back to performance if you're getting the best results you can um, and you know you're achieving what you set out to do well done how are you doing it is more the um, more our question so high performance is not just around competence of doing a task, it's more around character as well. So character is based rack back around behaviour. Competence is, is around um, how you 
like a, an AFL player, like competence um, and character, how they behave. Mm, okay. I'm thinking here. Hmm. You've got me thinking. So, culture, acceptable or non-acceptable behaviours? That would be part of how we describe it. Yep. Your definition. But your reference to character. Yeah. Is almost the same thing. A business has to have a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, individuals have to have a character. Teams have to have a character. That's right. So what is character? Mm. I know it's not on our cheat sheet here, but so what is character? A team has to define that. So when we talk about an agreed behavioural framework or a trademark, um, some teams that are aspiring to be high-performing, they haven't actually acknowledged or they haven't set a, they haven't set the standard of what it is that defines character. So what we're going to look for from each other as a team... Um, so that's basically, that, in a nutshell, that's how we would define character. So I don't go in and say, this has worked for another organisation and this is what you have to do. I ask some pretty, um, in your language, masterful questions. Oh, not for the average. Um, not for the average, that's right. And uh, you ask the questions as a facilitator, you start to get a pretty clear look at what we accept and what we don't. That That is a deep conversation, what is character. Mm. And... I know we're giving some sort of high-level de- definitions there, but that's something that I want to I want to really dig into a bit because I think you know a lot of cultures that I come across at Boom Sales they can be because we're sales and high-performance sales, customer mm. service, customer engagement, mm. ultimately measured by numbers. Mm. A lot of cultures are driven by numbers, mm. but you could think, look, a high-performance AFL team mm. ultimately is driven by KPIs, numbers, you kick and, yeah, how scoreboard many pressure is the number one pressure, as mm-hmm. you know. Because mm. uh, you're an elite coach as well, as well, we might hopefully we get time to touch on that. Mm. Um, so, who drives culture? Because if I've got a numbers culture, mm-hmm. and I'm already always chasing numbers, that mm. as a salesperson or as a business person, I'm always chasing numbers, always chasing targets. Because yep. there's reasons, you know, revenue drives profit. Yep. Scale. Where do I learn? Where do I learn that from, though? Who told you that? Masterful question. Mm. Where do you learn? Mm. So, where do you learn that? Are you asking me? I'm asking you, yeah. So I'm like, if I flip, the, flip it around, where do I learn that from? Leaders. Hmm. There you go. So in our language, key centres of influence. So leadership is around influence and then their ability to influence weight of numbers. So if you're talking about a team, so if we're saying a, a sales team, so if you think, Trent, the biggest sales team that you're working with at the moment in terms of numbers... 3,000. 3,000. So they would have, there's the weight of numbers is 3,000. Who are the key centres of influence that was in that 3,000? So influence is categorised as who listens to who? Who's got some influence? And that that could be hierarchical. That could be, oh, I'm the CEO and I'm the managing director or I'm a director. Um, you might have uh, influence. Um, you might be the cleaner and you might have influence. You're a very good cleaner. You may have. You if, may you, have if you're rummaging right. through bins and filing cabinets after hours, you may have a lot of influence. Who knows? Um, mm. One of the questions that I'm always asking is who is driving culture? Because there's a lot of blame in cultures. Um, it's driven by this person. I'm the leader, mm. but and I'm not happy with the culture. Mm. So you come in and fix it for me. When what is a better question to be asking if I'm a leader? Because ultimately, who's driving culture is the person that can ultimately change it and you're saying it has to be those key uh, centres of influence and well, well to answer your question we we look at uh, high performance as two things so dynamics and mechanics so dynamics is basically around behaviour um, relationships and conversations 
So we talk about genuine conversations, we talk about strength in professional relationships, and then agreed behaviours. So an agreed behavioural framework is like a trademark. So the dynamics drives the mechanics. So the mechanics is what you're talking about, the KPIs, the, the technical skill of a salesperson um, or a footballer or a um, you know construction manager or whatever that is. That's the mechanics. That's what they're they're taught to do. Mm. Capability. Capability, yeah. Or um, in, competence. Competence, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but the dynamics drives the mechanics. So what happens is in um, in our line of work, when someone says, oh, can you come in and work with our team or can you fix our culture? Um, how do you know it's broken? That would be my first question. What What is it that you need? What's the problem that you need solved? And then you'll start to work through some of the, the intricate challenges that we as human beings will create for ourselves. That response typically mm. is my team are disengaged. Mm. I don't know how to motivate them. That's right. My team need motivation. Yep. So the question then, the second question, the next question, always the better question, is why? Is why? Well, and I've just finished reading a, a beautiful book, so why should people be led by you? Um, firstly, it comes back to you. Why, when you look at yourself and how much work have you done on yourself? And if I am a follower, why should I be led by you? And my question would sometimes be around, um, you know, how do you engage the hearts and minds of your followers? And I start to think about, right, our hearts and minds. Jeez, right. So that's, I've got to be inspiring. I've got to, I've got to behave a certain way. I'm starting to describe, you know, things that I might be doing that are counterproductive myself that aren't getting the best out of my team. That's self-awareness mm. in a way, isn't it? It is. Being able to work on yourself. In, that key centre of influence you're talking about is always you. Mm-hmm. So in the boom vernacular, the golden influencer, the most per- important influencer, is actually you. That's right. Uh, what makes someone typically influential is their credibility, mm-hmm. uh, their their influencing skills, their knowledge, mm-hmm. and what can make someone uh, influential is their persistence. Mm. You know, because they're just prepared to keep going. That makes them influ- influential. Um, underpinning all that is genuine care. Yep. If you care about somebody and that shines through, and you have that genuine care, that's that's can can create an element that is very strong to someone becoming a, a centre of influence. What, hmm. what do you think? The care factor. Um, the, the genuine care comes back to authenticity, comes back to integrity, comes back to all those things that are, um, you know, as a human being. So when you might talk about, you know, what are the leaders or leadership aspira- uh, characters that people look up to, um, they're different because... You know, if you if I was to ask you what who are the leaders that have influenced your life and why you're sitting in this chair today, you would have some people who have influenced you, who have shared stories, who have you know shared experiences, and it's got you to the stage where you are the father you are, um, the salesperson you are, the person who influences three thousand you know um, three thousand people cultures. Um, I think that's the, that's the that's the bit. So, the gap high performance is also around the gap between what you think, so your self awareness, and what others see. And then the, sometimes the gap is quite large, and sometimes you, you know through feedback and through genuine conversations, we need to trim the gap. The feedback. Let's talk about that because yeah. I have always associated leading with teams with brutal feedback. Mm. I've heard the stories of the chairs. Players getting put at the front in front of their peers and them giving them really honest feedback. Some may be myth, myths, mythical stories about that changing Gary Ablett um, Jr. Mm. Um, mythical stories about that changing um, 
Um, Akamanis, when he went to the Western Bulldogs, he mm. didn't like what he heard, so he left. Um, you know, it's, it's, it takes strength and character um, to to be really open to constant feedback because we don't typically seek out negative feedback. So can you talk to us a little bit about that feedback model? Because to me, that's one thing that I've always associated with leading teams. Yeah, so you, you mentioned um, a couple of words in front of the word feedback. So you said brutal um, and or positive or negative. Where would you say feedback is feedback? Um, and because we care. So you said you also mentioned the word care before. So um, if I think that there's something happening that you're doing and our relationship is strong enough to withstand what we would call a genuine conversation, I've got to be able to have that conversation with you. If I don't have the relationship strong enough, then the conversation won't be as genuine as it needs to be to be able to elicit a, a, a change in behaviour. Goosebump moment for me, Jake. Linking back to you talking about relationships earlier. Hmm. Yeah, the strength of the relationships mm. will determine the quality of the feedback you can give them. That's yeah, precisely. Been, yeah. And, yeah. Um, so a lot of the work when you've, you know, you've heard stories around um, the elite sports because it's on the back page of the paper, but there's there's so many, there's thousands of corporate stories of when, um, you know, there's been a fallout in a business partnership and how do you regain trust and how do you regain respect? And it takes time. That's what we would call, um, we would say investing in the dynamics in your team. That's the relationship piece. It's the mutual trust and respect. It's the open levels of dialogue, um, and when things happen, which they do, if people make mistakes, what are we then? What's our response to that? And sometimes it can be, I'm going to, you know, sit in the corner for a while, and the next part of it is, right, what am I going to do now? It's carrot and stick to a degree too. Sometimes into those dynamics internally can be driven by uh, well, performance anyway can be driven by rewards. Yep. Or punishment and accountability. Yep. Which is two opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, so as a leader or someone that's in a sales team, I would say this, there is a really simple acronym. So it's RMC, reward the behaviour you want, model the behaviour you want, challenge or confront the behaviour you don't want. Reward, model, challenge. So it's three simple words. Um, the doing part of that is the, is the work, is the challenging part. So where teams are aspiring to be high-performing, do you reward the behaviour when you see it every time? Do you model that behaviour that, that you've espoused and that we've we've clearly defined? Do you do you model that, and then do you challenge or confront it when you don't see it? Brilliant. Modelling. We talk about parents being not uh, kids not listening to what you say. They they are influenced by what you do. Mm. You know that comes back to walking the talk to a degree. But you yep. have to walk the talk, and the modelling I think is a really important aspect of that. Mm. Um, but then again, what are you modelling and who did you learn that from? Hmm. And what shapes your beliefs, what shapes your, your values? Well, It's different for yeah, different that's, people. That's right. I, um, so my relationship with Craig Grime sort of went back to when I was playing VFL footy. So Craig's one of our co-founders. Um, and one of his favourite sayings is knowing is not doing. So just because you know that you, you should do something, it doesn't mean that you actually do it. Um, and the other one is uh, you might have heard it. Your actions speak so loudly in my ears, I cannot hear a word you're saying. Mm. So your actions, are, they're so profound, you can talk, 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 but I can see that you actually care. I can say I care, but when it all comes down to it, do you actually care? Do you actually care? Do you care? The core of leadership is care, in my view. Well, I would... A I core would, pillar. There was a core pillar, yep. A yep. core pillar is yep. care. Hmm. Uh, do you care enough to ask better questions? Precisely. There's, Do you care enough to give honest feedback hmm. because you care? Hmm. 
do you care enough to build the relationship if it's fractured? Mm -hmm. That'll often come back to what the payoff is, what's in for me. Do I really want to work hard here to repair this? Should I invest the time and energy? What's the payoff? Yeah, so then therefore we're now defining what character is. So um, you said before, what is character and how do you define that? That will be some people will step up in those situations and some people will step down. I heard a great quote from, I'm going to get this wrong, I know, but it might have been Michael Lombardi. Okay. If somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Yep. Character. Hmm. I like that. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, I like yeah, that. I'm not, I hope that is his quote. Mm. Otherwise, I'll take it. Yeah. Very good. Uh, no, I can't take that one. It's not mine. Character, culture. There's a, listeners, there's people out there that are thinking about their culture, their teams, and thinking about, hmm, okay, there is always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Will I accept the current state? Do I accept that culture? Do I accept um, unpredictable um, performance? Do I accept certain behaviours from individuals in that team? Do I accept that the leader's probably not perfect, but he's the best that I have? Or, all these questions that are constantly... Um, can we replace them? Can we afford to re- replace the leader? We'll mm. just put up with what we have. Mm. Is a is a um, something that I come across on occasion. Mm. Some of our listeners may be thinking those things now, and they're thinking, "I know I need to change culture. Mm. I need to change something. So, how do we change it? If we have identified it needs to change, what's the f- first thing we need to start thinking about and doing? Well, the word change. So. Um, <laughs> Change is inevitable. It's happening right now, and progress is not. So when you are progressing, uh, either individually or collectively as a group, how how are you improving? So if you are staying, if you're stagnant, if you're not innovating, you're not doing something differently. Your somebody else will pass you. So if, as an athlete, it's exactly the same thing. Somebody, you know, there's a there's a shelf life in business. There's a shelf life. Um, if you're not staying ahead of the game, you're not working on yourself, you're not challenging each other as a team, that's when you can become complacent. That's when you can become a mediocre team. Um, and high performance is around continually striving, continually not looking in the, you know, saying, oh, how good am I? It's, right. what's the next thing? Can, how can I improve? What can I do to continually stay ahead of the game? That sounds like an elite athlete. It sounds like a person that has the goalpost always moving, that's never content. But it sounds like someone extremely driven. Uh, well, to, to be better, which is the growth. Are you referring to the growth mindset? Uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, my, my little girl, five years old, her favourite book at the moment is The Bubblegum Brain. Um, and if you think about this, um, there's a bubblegum brain and it's pliable, it's flexible. And she's five, she gets it. So it's, it's pliable, it's flexible. I, I fall over, I've got to use my bubblegum brain because I need to grow. The brick brain is I've only, I only do it a certain way. I can't do this. Fixed. And there's a beautiful word that says yet. So I can't do it. And I would say to Gracie, what have you got to add on the end of it? She'll say yet. So I can't do it yet. That's okay. That's a, that's a growth mindset. A fixed mindset is, well, I'll say I can't do it. We can't do it. Everyone keeps telling us we can't do this, so we can't do it. Yet. If you say yet, that's your, that's the growth mindset clicking in. Holy moly. I like the yet. Did you hear that, viewers? That's the yet. Write that down. That's powerful. Hashtag yet. Well, Jake, that, that to uh, me is another light bulb. You give me two here today already. Well, Luke is if at school. Um, there's a local school here in Ballarat, and I know we've done some work at um, another school at Emmaus College. Um, they they have little yet bands for the kids. Um, I've got one at home, and it just it, it reminds me that even as as young kids and, and as adults, we still need to remind ourselves that there are limitations that we put on ourselves. Um, and by using that word, it 
can sometimes break those barriers down. Love it, love it. Yet, uh, you've really got me thinking here today. So you've, you, haven't, you haven't surprised me. I was. That's why we got you in here. It's that's brilliant. right. No really, worries. I'm learning. Good. The yet is something I want to use with my kids because hmm. I'm a. Everyone who knows me, I'm my passion. Of course, outside of boom, mm-hmm. is my is the kids' sport. That's right. I'm obsessed, and my unha- Kelly, my wife, thinks I have an unhealthy relationship with my kids' sport. Um, but I do love it. Beautiful. I do love it. There's and, nothing uh, wrong with that. It's the good mate. stuff. And coaching kids as well. So the yet's really important. Yep. And coaching is is a little bit of a crossover here with coaching, coaching your team to create a high performance team. Um, showing care is one thing. Building confidence is the other. Mm. And you're talking also about growth mindset. Strong relationships, really feedback. Yeah, genuine conversation. No need to define the feedback. Right. Just feedback. Just feedback. Common purpose and unacceptable, unacceptable behaviours. Mm-hmm. What makes a great leader? And I know people have different interpretations of what leadership means. It is a buzz buzzword. Yeah. It seems to me we lack a lot of businesses lack leadership. Is it? It's there somewhere. Mm. What is it? And what makes a great leader? For me, it's really simple. So someone, I look to leaders that I look at even in our business, um, someone who, who is invested, um, someone who models the behaviour that I aspire to, to look, that I look up to. So role model. I, yeah, role model. Um, and I even go outside of the business and I look at my own father and I think about, you know, what he sacrificed, um, what he did to... For me to be able to be the man that I am, the husband that I am, the father that I am, it all comes back to my dad. Um, and I know that there's people out there that you know that 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 that, that might not be their own father, it might not no. be their own grandfather, it might be the footy coach, it might be the the guy that's uh, that that they don't even know who's an AFL player. It might be someone that they met down the street that they're playing hockey against. Um, leadership is is it's around it's everywhere around us and there are things that we would uh, we look at role models we look at people and we go oh that's interesting how do they get there what do they do there um and it comes back to i know that a lot of work that you do um is around you know asking questions and being able to build rapport with people and i think that that's that comes back to a great leader will be able to build rapport um, will be genuinely invested and interested in relationships and, and in helping others improve because great leaders don't they don't create more followers, they create more leaders. The role modelling. Hmm. The question that I wanted to finish on today what is what is the one most important question that all leaders of teams should ask themselves and their teams but don't? And it, it, the light bulb popped here around, am I a role model? Hmm. Do I model the behaviour at the moment that we espouse? Do do we have values at the moment that we um, that are real that we use? They're on a wall or they're on a teacup or whatever. But do I actually live them? Um, there's, a, I guess, to be able to answer the question that um, our founder Ray McLean, he, his first uh, book's called Any Given Team. I've actually got it here in the studio. It's really worn. It's uh, I've read it multiple times. Uh, the back page of the paper. I'll get Trent to take a, a photo of it. Here you go. Hold there you it. go. Um, it's called "How's Your Team Going." Uh, it's really basic. There are no problems to to a good leadership and teamwork, but diagnosing the problems doesn't take long at all. In fact, we can do it right now. How would your team describe itself? Is that congruent with what you want? What behaviours do you tolerate in your team that you know are counterproductive? 
Listen carefully to the people around you. Do you hear the language of responsibility or the language of blame and excuses? Does your team's culture harbour any deep-seated excuses for poor performance? Who are the real leaders in your organisation? What gets noticed in your organisation and why? Is feedback given in your team? Is it honest? Is it done face-to-face? How do the recipients respond? What are the consequences for non-compliance with trademark behaviours? Who are the custodians of those standards? There's your answer. Impressive answer. Well, there's 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 about twelve months worth of work just in the back page of the of the book there. But I I think that when you're talking about leadership and the custodians of standards, um, you think about you know Kenyans, you think about uh, Africans, you think about the you know the Australian culture, you think about right back to your backyard, your own family. So who are the custodians of the standards? What are the standards that we walk past or what are the standards that we uphold? Who told you that? Who taught you that? Where did you learn that from? Yep. And we're shaped by our past in terms of the timeline, past, mm. present, future. Mm. So that's uh, that's a really interesting insight into most organisations are a little bit confused. There is sometimes a blame culture. Mm. You know, people want you go straight to blame. It's a default setting. You know, um, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. Why? Straight to blame. Accountability and role modelling, I think, to me, is, is something people need to learn more about, mm. you know, and understand how important that is in any organisation. Mm. Um, I'm always personally looking for the role models. So what is the best practice? What does that look like? Um, who is it? What are they doing? Why are they doing it that way? Uh, are they doing it differently? Mm. Why isn't it consistent? Uh, and they're all things that, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's what's working and doing more of that. Mm. But what's working may not be optimised. It may not be high performance, but it's a, it's a starting point, isn't mm, it? It is. So how do you uh, how do you create a high performance team, and how hard is that to achieve? Because in my um, travels as well, we work with high performing teams. Mm. You know, they have worked it out. They mm. have worked out how to optimise their culture. They've mm. worked out how to get the best out of themselves. Mm. They're growing. Mm. You know, to me, a growing business is nearly always a successful business. They're growing for a reason. Mm. Where well, you get these businesses that are stagnant, they're uh, they're being challenged in different ways. Uh, perhaps what they were doing once worked and industries changed, technologies changed or com- the competitive landscapes changed. So now they're looking to really um, go to the next level and uh, the, the high performance team might be a stretch for them, but they're looking to grow and they're looking to get better. Mm. So the question is, how do you create a high performance team? Have high performing leaders um, who reward, model and challenge the behaviour that we want to see. Um, and then also invest in the dynamics in the team and that drives the mechanics in the team. So the dynamics is around the behaviours, the relationships and the conversations that we have in the team and that drives the mechanics. So the KPIs, the outcomes, the the, te- the technical skill part of it, the strategic plan, that all sits in the mechanics of, of, of a high-performing team and that's that's basically the high-performing team model that, um, that Ray came up with uh, walking his young baby around 25 years ago up in Donald. So that, that that's the model that we that's still use. That's that the framework, yeah, that's it. Which I'd love to know more about, not in today's forum, though. I think we, this that's is fine. the first episode of many, I'm hoping. No worries. Because there's lots to get across, isn't there? So mm. who does that internally, though? Because that, that sounds like there's a lot to it. Mm. And there's lots of skill, there's knowledge, there's wisdom, um, there's lots of dimensions to that. So who's typically going to do that internally in a big business? Yeah, well, I, had a, I actually had a business I was working with uh, last week and, um, you know, the old saying is none of us is as smart as all of us and they look at, head at the head of people and culture and they go, oh, you're, head at, you're the person that should be running our culture. It's like, hang on, who is responsible for culture in a business? 
oh, is it? No, it's not just people and culture. It's everyone. So as soon as we start to understand that none of us is as smart as all of us and we all know different things, but it's be able to create a safe enough environment where we can have those have that open levels of dialogue, create some clarity, um, then we can have those you know those types of conversations that are going to be able to improve our performance. So I've done the you go into some businesses and they've got their values yep. up on the walls mm. and they've got their trademark behaviours mm. sort of on another wall somewhere. Mm. But then you quickly identify that, hey, there's some of these things aren't, I'm not actually feeling. I'm not seeing these behaviours that they're espousing. Mm. Maybe the leaders have gone and done their two days off-site somewhere in some exotic place mm. and uh, they've come up with, or they've crafted the vision, they've crafted the, the uh, team trademarks. But I think there's a, there's a chasm between actually doing that and actually embedding. Mm. No doubt. There's a, um, and there's a reason for why do we need it. So what is a trademark and, and, and what is it there for? Why have we come up with it? It should give us um, a sense of, you know, we're creating something that's going to be everlasting. So um, there's been much talked about, you know, the Sydney Swans culture, the Bloods culture and no how dickheads. that was created, no dickheads policy. So um, you could describe what a dickhead is in your business and then try and work out, okay, do we have any of those and then what are we going to do about it? Um so that's, you know, it goes to come back to the what are the behaviours that we accept. Are we prepared to do something about it? Jay? That's right. What are the consequences for non-compliance with trademark behaviours? What is a trademark? A uh, trademark could be whatever you make it. It could be a, it's a behaviour in action. So when I think about a behaviour in action, it's something that you would like to see from me that we can review against. You can give me feedback on whether I do it or I don't do it. That's the old, your actions speak so loudly in my ears, I can't hear a word you're saying. I could say I'm doing it, but I need to be, you need to be able to see me do it. Can you give us an example? Uh, show genuine care. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so that's one of our behaviours at leading teams. Um, we just had a the Sally McLean vote, which is uh, where we reward the person in our business who lives our um, trademark the best. Um, and Craig, who actually did the um, did the voting for for this one, was it was pick your pick your favourite uh, behaviour, and then who typifies that and who display who has displayed that in the last couple of months in our business and uh, we did a Brownlow medal vote three two one um, and uh, the the person who wins the Sally McLean medal uh, will receive the actual medal at our um, Christmas conference this year uh, we've done we've done three of them now so Sally's been passed away so Sally was uh, Ray Ray's uh, wife um, she was also my year 10 PE teacher uh, back at Ballarat High School so um, I, I remember Sally and um, the impact that she had on me as a young boy and it's um, it's something that yeah I, I love that's one of the reasons why I love working for leading teams that we um, we honor her contribution to Ray's life and also to um, this yeah the, the impact that he, that she continues to have on all of us at leading teams sorry to hear that I can see your I can see the emotion and the yeah. gen, um, the authenticity shining through mm. And that link between people that are creating the story, and she's one. Sally is one of the people that have created the story at Leading Teams, and yeah. has been heavily influenced in the fabric of creating, you know, what, what you exist in at the moment. Hmm. I think that's we spoke about that before about you know great ch- cultures have great stories, um, and ordinary cultures have ordinary stories, and they'll they'll re- they'll, they'll be reinforced, and the great they, the great stories all. If they're continually told and there's some there's a lot of truth to it and, and they're real, um, then that can drop that will drive culture. That, my friend, is a masterful question. What is your story? Is it not? That is a definitely Deeply a masterful. Everyone's got one though, haven't Deeply they? It is. Mm. It is. What is your story? Mm. Yeah. 
um, tell me about your character. What you know? Who are you? You know, um, what's your own individual personal trademark? Because mm. you talk about team trademarks. Mm. We don't. Do we apply it to ourselves? No doubt. So um, well, I can I can share mine, but um, so mine's uh, an acronym. Um, it's musical. So part of uh, a hobby of mine has been music. You so, have a passion uh, for music, and I have heard you sing. I love my music. Yes, very so, late into the so, night, actually. Um, that's right. That's okay. But uh, look, it, it's a, it's an acronym. It's a, it's how I want. Um, you know, got boys I coach, my, my clients, the people that I work with at leading teams, how do I want them to see me? And it's an acronym, so it's musical, meticulous, understanding, strong, integrity, courageous, authentic and loyal. And they're the words when I, um, you know, when people talk about me, that's that's what I espouse. So sometimes I get it wrong, sometimes I'm not as understanding as I could be, sometimes I'm not as strong as I could be. Um, sometimes I'm not as meticulous as I could be, I'm not as prepared as I could be, but I'll review against that. Um, and there's some behaviours in action that I that I need to hold myself to account. So that's what a personal trademark does. Um, similar to a team trademark, a team trademark we should be able to review against it. We give each other feedback on it. Um, we can reward each other. We can also challenge each other when we're not doing it. Musical. Hmm. Boom is mine. Boom. There you go. Do you know there's a meaning behind boom? Is there? Yes. I'd two like definitions. To know that. Did you know? Uh, I don't know. No. Two definitions. Mm-hmm. By definition. To prosper or to cause to prosper vigorously or rapidly. Yep. The second definition is to create a deep, pronounced, resonant sound. Mm. So for us, that's message. Mm. You know, it's building confidence, it's message, it's education. Mm. So there is a, there is a meaning. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So Very there's good. a story behind the name. Boom. There you not go. just catchy. Not, I don't like musical. And I, I and you are a, that's a, there's a creative side to you as well, isn't there? So you you're coaching. Uh, you're very successful. Um, AFL coach? Yeah. Not in the AFL, but in no, the, in the, right. in the, local in the country league. league. That's right. Yep. Yeah, so you're generally true. walking the talk, not just at work, you're doing it as your hobby as well. So you must, you know, you ooze, you're, you're oozing um, some of the things that you're talking about in terms of really living and breathing and role modeling what what you do as a profession. So it's not just turning it off and on because while you're at work, you're no. actually applying a lot of these uh, things we're talking about mm. in other areas of your life. I think that's part. There's only one. There's one. There's one Trent. There's one Jake. There's one of you out there. So it's uh, it's and it's no. You know, if you're sort of putting a face on when you're going to do something and take turning taking another hat off and doing those sort of things, it's um, I'd first you know ask to say, well, what is who is the real you? What, you know, that authentic integrity. What makes you tick? So there's a beautiful book by a man named Des Hunt years ago, um, and he basically he, he he's debunked sort of the the, the disc work um, around what makes people tick. Um, overlaid it with some uh, basically the birds, so the eagle, owl, the peacock, and the dove. Yeah. We all have behavioural preference, but we can all learn different behaviours. So and when you talked about before about where'd you learn that from, what role model you got, the environment that you're in. Um, the people that you surround yourself with. That's really important. We use uh, communication styles modelled off Virginia Satir. Ah, yes, so beautiful. Yep. Very similar quadrants, hmm. understanding. Who hmm. are you is a great question too, Jake. Just Who to look, you? I'm eyeballing, I'm eyeballing Jake now. Yep. Who are you? Hmm. That is that is a masterful question. That's not for the average either because some people don't know. No, <laughs> that's right. Could I, have you answered that yourself? Who are you? I think we could work on it together. Okay. Uh, I'd like to work on that together. That'd actually. be good. I'd no, love to work I... on my personal uh, trademark with you. That would be lovely. Let's do, let's do. Oh, that. I'd love to do that. We yeah. can't do that today, uh, no. listeners. We're, we're, that'll take that'll take days. But mm. who am I, mm. Father? Mm. 
first and foremost father. Mm. And to me, that's given me the greatest meaning in life. Everything changed when I became a father purely mm. because it it became a catalyst for me understanding there's more to life than myself. And at the first time I loved something more in a genuine way than myself. And it was a game changer for me. It put things in, into perspective. Um, and that's probably the first definition that, that pops to my head mm. in terms of who are you? First mm. and foremost, I'm a, I'm a father. Mm. Um, who are you? Um, yeah, father, coach, facilitator, um, friend, son, brother, uh, lots of different roles. So, um, But they, that if, if you've still got to have behaviours that you either accept or you don't. You know sometimes when um, you make mistakes and you've got to have a, a compass or you've got to know, uh, or a, like a, a signpost, you've got to know, where, you know where the rails are. I remember my dad years ago was saying, um, you got to know where the rails are, Jake, but I reckon you're off the rails at the moment, but you need to be able to jump back on. And I used to think, well, what, the, what does he actually mean by that? Um, so and it does come back to who you are, what you accept, what you what you what makes you happy, what you what do you enjoy, where do you get your sense of satisfaction or your sense of belonging from? Guided by your own individual values mm. or trademark per mm. se, which That's you need right. to have as an anchor to mm. be able to. To me, a lot of the uh, the inertia or frustrations in life can sometimes be just laboring over a decision. So, how do you make decisions? Mm. Yeah, what is a good decision? Um, how do you make decisions? And that, that that's an often that's in a whole other conversation, isn't it? That do is. you delve into that as well at leading teams? The decision making, of course. Oh, decision making in high pressure. performance, isn't it? So anything high performance that it comes back to decisions under pressure oh. and how do you behave under pressure? Well, we need to talk about. We're going to do that in a follow up episode. This no. is episode one. Mm. Uh, decision making would be something I'd love I'd love to cover because uh, there's different schools of thought with decision making. Mm. I'd love to do uh, dig into that with you. I reckon we've done a great job here today. Well done. For a, well done to you, my friend. Well done to you. Uh, did we ask that last question? What's the one most important question leaders should ask themselves but don't? Oh, um, have you got an answer for that? The one I gave earlier was, am I a role model? Am I role model mm. in the behaviours that I want to see my team demonstrate? And then to me, in our, the boom vernacular, the next question is the better question. So what's the next question? Am I a role model? Am I demonstrating the behaviours I want my team to demonstrate? What is the next question? Are we achieving everything that we are set out to achieve? Um, that would be something that comes to mind. It's a really good question. It actually has got me thinking. I'd love to spend a bit more time on, on coming back to that Um I also, yeah, I'm, I'm also, I'm just, yeah, there's so many questions going through my head right now. What's the one most important question? Are we happy? Am I happy? <laughs> am I happy? Uh, yeah. Am I fulfilled? Do I, do I get a sense of contentment? Um, am I engaged? Um, am I, am I succeeding? Do I care? Do I care? Do I generally care about my team? Mm. Do I generally care about... You know, I, you, you know talking negatively about teammates. Mm. We pay this person, they're idiots. Mm. They do a pretty good job. Mm. There's a, there's, do I generally care about these people? Do, if, we're, if we're in a team and we're asking what's the most important uh, question, um, and it's probably just come to me then as you were talking, but it's um, do, do we trust each other? Ooh. Masterful question. Do you trust me? Do we trust each other? 
do we trust each other? Mm. Mm. So you see, you start to think about it. There's lots of different ways we would review against the mu- mm. levels of mutual trust yeah. and respect in the team. Next question. Mm-hmm. Why? If the answer is yes or no, it's why. Okay, I need to know why you trust me. I need to know what you value. That's right. Yeah. So there's, there's levels of trust. Mm. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's varying levels of trust. So how do you how do you conduct a review where I can get to the stage where I can test how strong our relationship is based on our levels of mutual trust and respect? Mm. And is that as strong as it could be? And are we performing at our optimum level? Yeah. Mm. Do you trust me, masterful question? Do we trust each other mm. and why? Do you have to like the people you're working with? Because this is a thing for customers as well. Like I don't have to see in boom language, mm. I don't like you mm. because of character mm. and the things you're demonstrating, but mm. I still care about you mm. or I still care about servicing you as a cust- as a client. Now, that, that's a service mantra that we embed into businesses because, you know, we naturally sell to and buy from people we like or share a likeness with mm-hmm. and we'll switch off to customers we don't like mm-hmm. based on communication styles you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. or personality types. Um, where was it going with that? <laughs> Lost I track. don't know. Lost that's track. okay. That's all right. Um, We're talking about trust. Yeah, trust. Do we have to like people? We do. do you have to uh, like? High-performance yeah. teams, because mm-hmm. think about personalities in teams. High-performance teams, let's go from business to sport. Yep. Egos. Um, you know, you talk about people get unbelievably high paid. Hmm. They have been um, maybe nurtured and guided to be a certain athlete hmm. and they've been sort of given opportunities that others haven't. Mm-hmm. So they have a healthy sense of self, maybe too healthy. And there's personality clashes and there's differences in all teams, isn't there? So how do you create a high-performance team if you don't like the people you're working yeah, with? Yeah, so we use the, the strong professional relationship. So to be able to look at a professional relationship, what what's the difference? So a personal relationship, so my relationship with Kylie, we also, we, we, we do some work together as well. Who is Kylie? So, so Kylie's my wife. Your wife? So the we boss. have a personal relationship. She would be the boss, that's right. Um, but... If we were in a, if we were working uh, particular, so she's a school teacher. If I was working in, in the school, um, probably a better example would be uh, my brother-in-law, so Kylie's brother, so John. So he's one of the directors at Petstock. I do some work with them, um, which I know you've done some work I with have Petstock done some before. Work with our friends um, at Petstock, great right, company, great company. Um, so John's one of the directors there. But we've got a obviously a personal relationship. But we've also I do some work with it with the organisation, and I've got to see John in a professional context. So um, that's one of the you know probably the things that I'll, I take away when I when I work with Petstock is I see people that I've that I've known in a personal context, um, but I get to see them in a professional setting. Um, and the professional relationship is different to a personal relationship. In our model, in high performing, um, in a high performing team, it's not about being best mates. It's, it's about even liking each other, but it's having a strong enough professional relationship to withstand a genuine conversation around behaviour or performance. That removes almost that uh, personality clashes, you know, being able to understand people are different. I don't need to work with you, but we do share the same values and we are actually moving in the same direction together. And if we help each other, everyone succeeds, the team succeeds. Oh, and I'm I'm sure you would have seen it, but, you know, people um, or teams using excuses that, Oh, this person's not like me, so I'm not going to, you know, build a relationship with them. That's not the you don't use that as an excuse for somebody else to be more like you. It's more about how you can adjust and modify and and work on yourself so that you can then build relationships with other people that are that may be different. 
So if we were all the same, that'd be pretty boring, wouldn't it? It would be very boring. That's that's uh, that's the spice of life, they mm. say. So they say. Jake, I trust you, which is why I brought you in here today. And my my trust has been validated because I've absolutely... I've devoured this stuff today. I've, I've hope our readers, our listeners, uh, people that are viewing this have taken as much value away as I have. Mm. I've taken away quite a bit here. You can see my notes here. They're scribbled all over this um, this run sheet. So I appreciate you coming in today. I appreciate and you And look forward in, uh, looking forward to the next step and uh, learning more. And uh, I might even throw to our, our listeners to, to ask them, what would they like to know more about when it comes to leadership, creating high-performance teams and culture? Because that, um, that would be uh, very interesting to know. I certainly would love to get more into uh, trademarks and, and decision-making. I think that's a really, uh, a really important factor in any, any high-performing team. Mm. So thanks for coming in, mate. Appreciate your time. Much. I do have some gifts for you. Oh, thank you. You brought a gift for me too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no. I've got uh, The Naked Salesman. That's, uh, I haven't read that one yet, so I'm looking forward to having read that. Get into, that, get into so. your jocks when you have wear Have you actually that. got those socks? I do have those socks still at home. Beautiful. Yeah, I lovely. do have those socks. Nice. I've got a... Uh, oh, thank you. There you go. Not for the average hat for you. Good. I've got to play a bit of golf on the weekend, so I won't be able to wear That's that. That's a new golf good. cap. That'll be good. Um, yep. We've got a... Uh, and you give me a book here as well, which is uh, written by the co-founder of Leading Teams, Ray McLean. Yep. Teamwork, hmm. forging links between honesty, accountability, and success. Hmm. Now, I have read that, yep. and I devoured it many, many years ago, so I'm going to crack back when into When we that. first met, I reckon I, we, I might have given you that one, but... Uh, or maybe before then, was it? You've acquired that book yeah i think i did there you i go. think i did yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna rip back into that um for those of you that haven't um really very very good read teamwork by ray mclean you could probably find that on amazon i would imagine and you can probably find that on, find the it on our website so. leading team so if somebody is interested in i know you're it was not about promotion today for you you made that really clear but if someone yep. wants to if someone's really been triggered today or it's got them thinking more deeply about how to get the best out of their team how do i create a high performance team um, where do they go to find you www.leadingteams.net.au very good okay simple um that brings our show to an end and thanks for joining us today and remember you can find us on itunes spotify you can get social with us uh, via boom sales on instagram facebook um, or boomsales.com and remember this show is not for the average. See you next week. You've been listening to Not For The Average podcast with Trent Leishan. Trent is Managing Director of Boom Sales, Australia's number one sales training and development company. If you'd like to accelerate your own sales growth and profitability, go to boomsales.com.au.